Welcome to Mission Trails Church. And now, a message from John Wooster. God loves every one of you. He knows you, he loves you, and he wants to experience a vital connection with you. He wants you to know him. He wants to make himself known to you. Now, um, that's not a catchy beginning, but that's an important beginning. Just to remember and to think about that, that God really loves you. And I want to do a little spiritual inventory. I want to ask you some questions, so track along with me and ask these questions. Uh, where are you at yourself? Where are you at in your relationship with God? Where are you at in that relationship? Is your approach to following Jesus Christ getting you into a vital connection with him? Is the way you're going about it is, it, is it making a difference? Are you sensing his presence in your life? Are you seeing changes? Are things happening? Are you seeing answers to prayer? Are you seeing insights, either from the scripture or just through life, insights that you feel like are from God? Are you increasing in love for others? Are those things happening? Just evaluate. Think about your life. If you really believe that there's a God and that he's there and he loves you and that he wants to make his self known to you, then we need to be evaluating it. Are we connecting? How well are we connecting? What is happening here? Are you fully committed to knowing him? Are you, are you going after him, to following Jesus Christ? Is this, is this something that, that you're into, that you're going for? You know, in the scripture, there's different levels of commitment to Christ. If you look in John chapter 1, for instance, um, you'll see a phrase where Jesus, two men that were John the Baptist's disciples, and they were, they were sort of following after Jesus, kind of walking behind him a little bit. And uh, they asked him a question, Jesus, where are you staying? And, and he made a statement, says, come and see. And they went over and spent the afternoon with him, and they experienced with him that afternoon the, the gospel and things. And then they went out, and they got excited, and they started telling their friends. And one of their friends they went and told was Nathaniel. And, uh, they, and Nathaniel heard about Jesus and says, well, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And their, you know what their statement to them was? Come and see. Come and experience. The first level of commitment is come and see. There's people in our society today, can anything good be at a church? Come and see. Come and see. Come and, this is the first level of commitment. And if, if you're here today, and all of you are here today, I think, uh, you're here today, uh, then you've made that first level of commitment. Is you, you're coming to seeing. But there's another level. You go, move on in John. In John chapter 7, Jesus says, stood up at a feast. And he says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Now, more than come and see, come and drink. There's some commitment when you drink something. I mean, yeah, it might be poison. You don't know what's going on. You're, you're making a commitment when you're drinking something. Come to me and drink. And from your inmost being will flow rivers of living water. Things are going to start happening in your life. You're going to start seeing God work when you come and drink. Now, later on in the scriptures, Jesus came to a group of his disciples, and they were already following him for a while, and they were sort of committed. But he says, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. So you start out with come and see. Come check it out. Just see what it says. Meet the people. That's great. That's a good start. I'm glad. If that's where you're at, I'm glad you're there. But we want you to move to come and drink. Come and receive. Come and receive Jesus. And then we eventually want you to get to the place to come and die. (laughs) 
You know, take up your cross. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily. Follow me. Give your life to me. He says the way you find real life is by giving your life away to me. That's how you find life, is by giving your life. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we move along here. But the first thing that we want to do, if you want to connect with God daily, is you want to invite Jesus to be the center of your life. Invite him to be the center of your life. Jesus made a statement, why do you call me Lord, Lord? He asked this question. And do not do what I say. Why aren't you obedient? And basically he's saying, why aren't you obedient in all the areas of your life? I want to be the center of your life. I want to radiate, and I want to make a difference in all the areas of your life. He wants to be Lord. He wants to be the director. Now, there are, I want to, I want to expose a sort of a paradigm that I think is a common but faulty paradigm. You know what a paradigm is? A paradigm is a, is a framework of thinking, a way that you think about something. There are certain paradigms on the way you play baseball or soccer or football. There's certain rules of the game, how you approach it. There's sort of a paradigm of how you go about doing those kind of things. Uh, the same thing about Christianity. There's certain paradigms, frameworks of thinking, rules of the game that we come to Christianity and we sort of play by. And we usually get those from the way we grew up, maybe the church we grew up in, our parents, maybe people around. Maybe we picked up our cues and how you live the Christian life from the TV and or other things. Uh, and you come to come up with a, with a paradigm. And there's a, there's a paradigm that it's common, but I think is not biblical, is not right. And what it is, is that people tend to approach their Christianity as a slice of life, as a little part of their life. And you go on to the next diagram. And you say, if this is your life, and these are all the different arenas of your life in this pie. You see, Jesus is one slice, one compartment. And sort of on Sunday mornings, I, I go to church you know, when I can and it's convenient, I go to church and maybe during the week I have a little time when I, when I pray. Maybe you go to a group. And you, but but it's, it's one slice of your life and it doesn't really carry over into the other areas of your life. It's sort of like there's my church compartment, my religious compartment, and then there's my work compartment, my marriage, my family, my children, my recreation. And we, we compartmentalize Christianity into one set area. And that causes a problem. And men typically are a little bit better at doing this than others, than women. Women tend to feel a little more, we can get in our compartments and we can kind of be there. We can be one way in one situation and we can kind of switch gears and get act a whole different way. And have a whole, and see, each compartment that you're in, there's different, different rules of the game on how you play it. But what you want to see, and that goes on to the next, the next slide here, what, we want, what God wants, he wants Jesus to be at the center of our life. He wants to be in the control center of our life. And he doesn't want to be a slice. It doesn't matter how big the slice is. And some people have a real little slice of Christianity in their life. Just give a few hours a month to Christianity. Very small. And some have real big slices. It's a bigger slice. They're much more religious. They, do a lot, they go to church a lot more often. It's a big slice, but it's still a slice. And it's still not affecting all the areas of their life. But what Jesus wants to do, he wants to be at the center of your life, and he wants to affect every area of your life. He wants to be with you daily. It's a 24-7 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Jesus wants to affect and begin to remodel and affect all the different areas of our life. Can you see that? And so he wants to affect the way we treat our spouse. He wants to affect our, the way we treat our children. He wants to affect our work. He wants to affect our recreation, what we do during our free time. These are things that Jesus wants to do, and he doesn't want us to live a life 
that's compartmentalized. And this explains why some people can be sort of go to church and have, the, if, if they're compartmentalized in Christianity, they go to church and they ask one way at church, all the rules, and they're real nice, and then they go back to work the next day and they act like the devil. You know? They act like an angel at church and put in a smile on him, and then they go and they go, you know, that's, that doesn't really please Jesus a whole lot. He wants to see himself in your life in affecting all the areas of your life. Now, it's, just, it's a process. We're growing in all those areas, but um, this is where we're, we're after. And we're going to talk about some things today that will help you to make Jesus the center of your life and to help you connect with him on a daily basis. Now, the, so point two is develop a habit of time alone with God. We are creatures of habit. Wouldn't you agree? We're creatures of habit. We do stuff. We, some of you, I can, I can predict what seats you're going to sit in here at church because you come and you sit in the same area every week. Oh, I see some people are in different areas this week. But anyway, maybe they have a friend here or something. But, but most of you, they get fine. We're creatures of habit. We just tend to do what we're used to doing. And, um, but so you might as well, if you know that about yourself, you might as well develop some good habits. This is one of them that Jesus had. It, was Jesus, it says in um, Mark chapter 1, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus was God himself who became a man. But on earth, he lived as a man. And as a man, he needed to connect with God. He needed to relate to God. He needed to talk with the Father. And he spent time doing this. He needed it. If he needed it, how much more do we need it? If he needed to pray, he needed to connect, how much more do we need it? And, you know, it wasn't easy for Jesus to do this either. You know, he got tired like you and I get tired. He fell asleep in a boat one time. You know, when there was a storm going on. I mean, he got tired. He got physically tired. He spent a big day. This, this is John, uh, Mark chapter 1. is an interesting chapter. You've got to study it sometime. It kind of gives you the, a, a day in the life of Jesus. It starts off in the synagogue in the morning and a few verses before this. And he's, he's there in the synagogue and he's teaching and he's casting out some demons. And then, then he went home to, his, his, uh, to the home of Simon and, um, and Andrew. And uh, the mother-in-law was sick with a fever and he healed her. And he probably interacted with the, with the disciples all that in the afternoon and probably worked with them. Then the evening, they said the whole city came out to the house, and he was going all evening and working with all these people and that stuff. And then this is where this verse came in. After that full day, morning, afternoon, evening, in the evening, busy, lots going on. He got up early in the morning. He went out deliberately while it was still dark, got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place, and prayed. Helped that. That connection with God is... It's vital for us to relive the Christian, to walk with God in the 24 hours. There, there, there's a, a little bit of misunderstanding here I want to sort of clarify, and I hope you connect with me here, is I sometimes ask some of you, I ask you, how are you doing with your walk with God? How, how's, that, how's that going? How are you doing in your, in your walk with God? And you know how they usually answer? They answer how they're doing with their Bible reading and their prayer time, their time alone with God. They say, oh, I'm not doing very good. I didn't read the Bible this week. Or, I'm doing really good. I read the Bible every day. And, but what I want you to see is that that answer can be, not always, but can be a, a sort of a, a evidence of a slice of life kind of thinking. And my slice of life, I, my slice of life, I'm doing good. I'm going to church, and I'm doing this. I'm doing my slice of life, and I'm, I'm spending time in the Bible. But when I'm asking somebody, how are you doing with your walk with God? I'm not talking about just that activity, just that prayer time or something like that. I'm talking about how you're doing in obedience. 
how you're doing with walking with Jesus all week long. How are you doing at work? How are you doing with your spouse? How are you doing with your kids? How are you doing? What's happening in your thought life? What's happening in your life? Now, so does that mean that your time alone with God is not important? No, not at all. It's very important. But when I'm asking how your walk with God is, I'm asking about that 24-7 relationship you have with him. And what you're doing in your quiet time, this, this time alone with God, when I talk about quiet time or private devotions, you can call it a lot of different things, some little time that you have, 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day, whatever it is, that, those times are sort of like spiritual meals. There are times when you need, you know, Jesus says man doesn't live by, the, by, by bread alone, but by the very words that proceed from the mouth of God, right? We live by that. So we ought to eat our spiritual meals. But our life is not our meal. That is just something that helps energize us for the rest of the day. That energize gives us some food, and us we have some opportunity. And if you miss a meal, you're a little hungry, you're a little weaker, but you still go about your day, and you still choose to obey God, and you still, have a, you can still walk with God that day, even though you missed a meal. Or I think about that quiet time, a time alone with God, where you set aside some time deliberately every day, like Jesus did, got up, got away, and did it. I think about that as sort of like a spiritual workout. It's sort of like doing push-ups. You don't always feel like doing it. You guys, how many of you guys do push-ups? Sometimes. You guys even, okay, good. Some of you guys got, some of us, it's one of the best exercises you can do. We know it, it doesn't take very long. You can do, you can do, you know, 30, 50 push-ups, you know, push-ups and, you know, a minute or two. I mean, it doesn't take very long to do. But yet, you don't do it unless you're really intentional. Most people don't do it unless they really think, I'm going to do this because I know, even though it takes a little bit of time, if I don't do it, I get weaker and I get, you know, but if I do it, I, my energy will flow better, I'll be stronger, I'll be a better day. And so it's a spiritual workout. I look at my quiet time, it's not something that takes a lot of time, but it's a spiritual workout that builds me stronger spiritually, that helps me through the rest of the day. I also look at it, this time alone with God, Prayer and Bible study. We'll talk about specifics, how to do that in a minute. But I think about it as, as sort of like sowing seeds in, in the soil of your, of, your, of your life, your heart. When you're reading the Word of God and you're praying, it's like sowing a good seed. And that seed kind of comes in, and you may not even realize what's happening. But if you let it come in your heart, and you walk with Christ through the day, and you, you put more seeds in, those seeds eventually in the right soil, your right attitudes, they start to grow and develop and develop fruit in your life. So sometimes people have a quiet time. If you don't go away from your quiet time, oh, I had this great revelation from God. It was so wonderful. God spoke to me. Well, at least realize that you sowed a seed today. That something's happened. Something's good that's going in. You're, you're, you're reprogramming some bad things and getting some good things in. You're replacing the things, and you're going to have a good harvest in the long run. So a, a motiva- be motivated to do it that way. But the Word of God is pure truth. You might as well resaturate your mind. Find out the right rules of the game, the paradigms of life, not only for Christianity, but also for marriage and for work. Find out from Scripture. Let God speak to you, teach you, reteach you how to look at things and how to approach things. He wants to do that in our lives. I'm going to give you some practical tips now. Um, even before I go to the practical tips, I'm going to say one other thing. Spiritual maturity has a relationship with this whole thing of feeding and the Word of God. Is when you're a baby Christian, you just become a believer, basically, with a, like a baby, you, you, you're mainly spoon-fed. You're taught. You're, somebody gives it to you, and it kind of helps you with it. But, you know, soon along, you in Christian life, you can grow pretty quickly, and that you want to get to the place that you not just get fed by others, but you want to feed yourself. 
Now you're maturing. You want to start to get in the Word of God and learn from God yourself. And then a little later on, you're preparing the food and you're getting in, you're digging in for yourself. And soon, as you mature as a Christian, you're now preparing, not only feeding yourself and preparing food, but you're feeding others. Those are your dads and moms. You need to be knowing the Word of God, be learning from God so you can pass it on to your children. Don't depend on the church for that. It's your responsibility. Learn so you can pass on and you can feed others spiritually. Good. There's lots of reasons to, to do this. Number, number three, though, that's some practical tips for your time alone with God. Number one, decide on a time. Decide when you're going to do it. Now, Jesus had a really busy day. So he had to get up early in the morning and to do it before everybody was after him. While they were still sleeping, he went out to do it. Otherwise, people have been all over him. And he had to, he had to do it in the morning. Uh, some, most of the great Christians uh, through the years, the great spiritual leaders, many of them had a morning time with God. One the first things they did in the morning, they spent a few minutes with God. Oftentimes, a few minutes at night. The last thing, first thing in your mind in the morning, last thing at night. It's kind of a good, a good practice. Uh, main thing, you don't, you're not, the Bible doesn't say you have to do it in the morning. It's not that, that clear. But the example of Jesus and the example of many uh, Christians is that's a very good I find it practical to do it early in the morning because I'm not interrupted. I can always kind of make a decision to go to bed a couple minutes early and then get up in the morning. And uh, it makes sense. if it's, it's kind of like putting on spiritual armor. It kind of makes sense to put it on before you go out in the day than just at the end of the day. I mean, it's kind of like, and there, there's, there's different aspects. But I, I like to do it in the morning. I think it's helpful. I think that our minds aren't as cluttered and that we can really receive uh, from the Lord by uh, doing a morning time. But also decide on a place. Now, if it's not in the morning, that's okay. Find some time, though. Figure out some time of your day that you can carve out some time. Now, you asked Matt a question about time. How much time should I spend? If I'm going to spend time alone, how much time should I spend? Well, I encourage you to start the habit. Don't try to bite off too much. I get some zealous young Christians that kind of say, well, I want to do that. Oh, the Bible, the Bible says, I'm going, to, I'm going to spend two hours every day in the Bible. I'm going to read, and I'm going to say, and they start out gung-ho for one day. And the next day, they aren't meeting their goal. They're not their big commitment that they made. They're not spending an hour or two hours, and they're feeling discouraged. I encourage you to start to have it. Just start with something small. Start maybe seven minutes a day. And just consistently. You can read a chapter of Scripture. You can have a prayer. You can do it seven minutes, maybe ten minutes. After you're doing that for a while and get consistent in doing that, if you would feel like going longer that day, there's no limit. You don't have to say, oh, ten minutes up, i got to go. You know, you can go on. You can extend it. And you can move on to 15 minutes or, and, and, and more. But I would just encourage you to start out with something, a bite-sized goal that you can consistent on, you can do every day, that you can be consistent on. First thing in the morning is a great time to do it. We'll give you some tips on how to go about that. Now, occasionally, I do encourage you to read the Bible in more than just a few minutes. Sit down and read a whole book of the Bible sometimes. Read the Gospel of John. Read the book of of Luke, read uh, Romans or something like that. Get a whole overview of the Bible. That's, that's nice to do sometimes, but don't, don't let that feel like you have to do that every day in your quiet time. Have just a, a short time and get consistent at doing it every day. Like you're brushing your teeth. You just get up and you just do it every day and you get regular at it. But another thing is decide a, a private place, a place to do it. And Jesus had to go out by himself. Now, you can picture Jesus here. He was with his disciples. I don't know if all 12 of them were with him yet, but several of them were with him. They're staying at the mother-in-law's house, and there's other people there. And there's probably a little Jewish house there that's going on. They're all sleeping there. There's probably 15 people in that house, 20, 30, maybe 20 people. And for him to, to, to pray, you know, he had to get away. He had to go out and to, and to do this and had to find a prayer. But find a comfortable place with good lighting, not too comfortable 
Some of you try to do it in your bed before you get out of bed in the morning, and you have a very, very quiet time. Too quiet, because you go back to sleep and you get nothing done. And so sometimes in the morning, if you're not a morning person, you've got to get yourself up, you've got to wash your face, you've got to take your shower, you've got to drink those four cups of coffee or whatever, get yourself awake before you're, you can do it. But, but, um, but, but, but spend, spend a little bit of time uh, and find a comfortable place. Any position, prayer, and, and you don't have to be kneeling, you, but you can kneel. That's helpful. Sometimes that's appropriate. You don't have to stand. You don't have to raise your hands, but sometimes you might want to raise your hand. But be alone so you're free to do whatever. Nobody's watching you and what's going on. Do what you can do. Sitting is fine, but uh, position is not important. Try to do it someplace where you don't have a bunch of, right at your normal desk where you have all your to-do notes of all the things you've got to do and all the piles of stuff because that just kind of clutters your mind. Do it someplace. At least turn your chair away from your desk so you're doing it something like that. Like that. But find, find a quiet, nice, quiet place to do it. So question on that is when and where are you going to do it? When and where are you going to have this time alone with God? A third thing, use the right tools. Right tools. Get an easy-to-read translation. If you don't have one, we will give you one. Uh, this is the, the New International Version. It's an easy-to-read translation. It's a good translation. It's solid. If you don't have one of those, we'll give you one of those. There's no excuses. Not that you can't afford You can afford it because we'll give it to you. It's free. And uh, so you can do it. Uh, another one I like right now, I'm reading uh, in right now, just because if you read the Bible a lot, it's sometimes it's nice to have different translations. Kind of go through it. It gives you a little fresh perspective. And I'm using something called the, the, uh, the New Living Translation. I find that very easy to read, and just, 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 it's a fresh approach. Those are two that I'm recommending right now. But there are, there are lots of good translations out there. A second, next, second tool to have, and it's an important tool to have, is a pen. You all have one. But have that pen in hand when you read the Bible and when you're uh, having this time alone with God. Use a pen. And use the pen. Mark your Bible. It's okay to put marks in your Bible. It's okay to underline it and put question marks and put, it's okay. Some people, oh, I can't touch, it's the Bible, I can't. No, God is much more concerned that you learn it and that you apply it than if you put some mark in it. He wants you, if it'll help you to get it in your life and remember it, he wants you to put marks in it. So I encourage you to underline it and mark it and put question marks and write in the margins. Make it your own, kind of really get into that. That is a very, very helpful thing. You see, there's a principle of life. Is the principle is this, is that, when we make an expression of an impression, we get an impression from God, and we take some kind of expression of it, we underline or we write something down, we make some kind of expression about the impression that we receive, we become more impressionable. We become more alert to that. This is how people learn how to, to be great wine tasters, for instance. They taste a little bit of wine, and then they, and they exp- that whatever they taste, they then express them out. They write down, that was sweet, that was sour, that was just, you know, they write down. And they taste a little bit more, they get real, and they get real good at tasting wine. You know, I told you about one time that my friend of mine uh, uh, that had the, had the friend who knew how to listen to crickets. He walked in his backyard, says, Peter, you know you have 17 di- different kind of crickets in your backyard? And the reason he knew that is that he was getting his doctorate in crickets at University of Florida, seriously. And he had learned to listen to and identify all these different types of sounds that the different kind of crickets made. And he'd listen to the sound, he'd write a click, click, click. That's that's kind, and he'd write it down, and he'd put the big name, fancy name for it, and he'd listen to the other one, and it would make some other chirping noise or whatever. He'd, and he'd learn to listen to it. Now, you can learn to hear God's voice and to get impressions from God and to hear from God, but there's a lot of noise in our life, a lot of things going on. So make an expression to your impression. If something means something to you in the Bible, that's, that's kind of a cool thing. Underline it. 
Later on, I'll talk about the next thing to hang. I, I, I mentioned there is have a journal. I use a little, just a little dollar journal. It's not even that sometimes you get these little things. I keep in my pocket. And I, and I, and I use this for, to write down prayers. I use this to write down impressions I might get from my quiet time. And I have different kind of things there because some of your names are in here. You can't see it. I'm not going to tell you what I'm praying for you. <laughs> this is my private book. Uh, but uh, I, I, I'm praying for some of you guys. And, um, and you know, I, I start off in the very first part of it. I'm, I'm praising God. It's writing things. God, I, I praise you. You're real. You're loving. You're powerful. You're wise. You're knowable. You're forgiving. I just like to get, I like to start out with praise. Just kind of get God in my mind a little bit. That makes my problems look a lot, lot smaller when I kind of get the bigness of God. And then I go down and I start to pray for some things in my life. And I start to, uh, I'll go over some tips and some things to do. But have some type of journal, some place you can write. It doesn't have to be this. People have different things. Cindy Martin has made a whole little booklet that she's using and, and some of her things there. And you can, you can get that from her if you want to. Um, but there's a lot of different ways to do it. But have something that you can write down with. Have your pen. Those are tools they need. They're very helpful to you. Another thing, follow a plan. The plan that I'm suggesting here is, is, is acrostic for pray. The first one is praise and thanksgiving. Start off, I can give you an example of that already. Enter, the scripture says, enter his courts with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. So start with praise. Get the God in mind. As you move on. The second thing is repentance. Part of pray. R is repentance. It says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. Hey, we all mess up. So every day, I mean, hopefully you confess as soon as you do it and you kind of get it right. The spiritual breathing we talked about other weeks. As soon as you mess up, you confess up. But sometimes you slip up and you don't do that. And it kind of carries over. You just don't get right with God. Well, every day, have some little, just a, just a moment, a spiritual checkup. God, is there anything that I did yesterday? Or are you this morning before I started having my quiet time? Which probably didn't happen. But uh, is there anything that I did that, that I need to confess? And, uh, and just confess that he's very forgiving and uh, will cleanse you right away. And you need to be cleansed for the Holy Spirit to really speak to you. So get right. Make sure your heart is right with God. Next A is pray, is pray. Ask for yourself and for others. Ask and you shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. So pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for wisdom, for strength. When your prayers, be specific, not just general. God bless me. That's good. You can pray for God to bless you. But how do you want him to bless you? What do you want him to do? Ask him for specific things. If you need a certain amount of money, ask him for that specific amount of money. And it'd be cool how God provides it for you some way. If you need something, ask him for it very specifically. And um, I think that's, that's a very helpful thing. Uh, pray for others. I'm praying for myself and for you in the church that this message would, would, would apply, that, that God would become very, very real to you, that you would really sense and know his presence. You do whatever it takes from your end to commit yourself and to draw near to him. He's ready to draw near to you, but you would do whatever you need to on your side kind of get that connection kind of going. He's ready for that. Uh, he wants you to be fully, and not just that slice of life, but he wants that full 24-7. Next thing about his prayer is yield. Yield your life to God anew every day. Just kind of re-give yourself to him. It says in uh, Romans 12.1, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, what God did on the cross, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. 
So what's he saying? Present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice. Give yourself, every part of your body, your eyes, your ears, your hands, your feet, what you do, all your life, give it to God. Just yield to him. Ask him to be the center of your life and to begin to change the way you look at and what you do in all the areas of your life. The other part of, of a plan is read the Bible. Not just pray, but read the Bible. Um, some of you are not much at reading. I wasn't much at reading either. I became a Christian. I think I told some of you before. I had never read a full book before I was a Christian. I could read, but I just didn't. I did cliff notes, and I cheated and stuff in school before I became a Christian. I just didn't read books. I became a Christian, though. The Holy Spirit really, I had something that I wanted to learn now, and I started reading the New Testament. I read through the New Testament a couple times the first, couple, the first month as a Christian, and it just kind of just came alive. And, but reading the Bible is a very, very helpful thing, and I would encourage you. Now, if you're not a reader at all, then find a way to get the Bible into you. Get some CD or some, something like that and listen to the Bible. But you need to get some input straight from Scripture. That would be very, very helpful to you. When you read it, read it slowly and systematically. It's not a race at how fast you can get through it. So you can mark off, oh, I got this whole book done. No, it's, it's are you understanding it? Are you applying it? Is it making a difference in your life? Connect with, connect with it when you're going through it systematically. Read through it book by book, chapter by chapter and book by book. Don't just do this thing, well, what do you want me to learn today, Lord? What do you want to say to me? And put your finger down. Some of you do that. I know some of you do that. I don't know what to do. I'm not doing any book. I'll, just, I'll find something in there and I'll just put my finger down. One guy did that one time, and he went on there, and uh, he put his finger down, and it says, and Judas hanged himself. And he said, oh, I don't like that one, I don't like that one. No, I'm going to try a different one. He flipped it over, and he went, go and do likewise. Hey, uh-uh. uh, you know, just don't, that's, that's not the, the normal approach, the best approach to take on that, um, even though God could speak to you in that way. Uh, but read it systematically, book by book, chapter by chapter. Um, extract the meaning of the author. Okay, find out what the author had to say. It's not just kind of what you can make out of it. When Paul wrote something, he had something in mind. He's writing to a church, he had something he's trying to tell them. When Moses wrote something, when David wrote a psalm, he had something in mind. Figure out that first. Find out the meaning of the author, the intent of the text, and try to discern that first. Now, I know if you're new to it, that's a little hard. But the more you're into it, the more you study, the more it kind of comes together, the more you understand this part of the Bible, it comes together. And you just have to start step by step. You have people to help you in this. But try to extract what it's saying and the timeless principles that will apply to your life. But the next thing, is probably the most important thing about it, is apply it to your life. Once you sort of start to understand it, and some stuff is very readily understandable. You don't have to do a lot of interpretation. It's just kind of like right there just says it. You know, Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. That doesn't take rocket science to discern what that means. You can just, you can begin to do it, uh, to treat others the way you'd like to be treated. But now, apply it to your life. The A is apply it to your life. That's what it all comes down to. Don't just merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Application is the goal. Jesus wants to show you what to do in each arena of life. He wants to rewrite your paradigms on how you approach that way of life. He wants to get the new rules of the game on how you do marriage. New rules of the game on how you go about your work. And he wants to help to, to renew you there. But be a doer of the word. And then D is document. Document what you're going to do. Write it down. Get your little notebook out and write down what you're going to do. And hold yourself accountable. Maybe tell somebody else about it. No. Okay. So to wrap up here, become, how can become consistent in your time alone with God? Real quick. First of all, decide it will be a priority for you. You've got to decide that yourself. 
If it doesn't become a priority, it probably won't happen. You have to say, this is going to get into my life, and I'm going to find a way to give, give God 10 minutes a day, the undevoted time, where I'm alone, and I'm, I'm praying, and I'm reading the Bible, and I'm going to give him some time every day. I'm going to get a habit of it. And if it grows later, that's great, but I'm going to start. But make it a priority of your life. And how you know it's a priority is that, that you make room for it. You don't find time for it. You don't just kind of haphazardly. You, you make room for this. Uh, when I first became consistent at doing this, I was a young Christian. I was a 20-year-old. I was in college, maybe 21, eh, 20 or 21. And uh, I was living with uh, uh, a couple. You know what their name was? Mr. and Mrs. Lord. How would you like to live as a, as a new Christian with Mr. and Mrs. Lord? <laughs> anyway, uh, Peter Lord and Johnny Lord. I lived with them. They were pastors. And uh, I was having trouble having my quiet time. I was having trouble getting up because... College students, don't you like to get up early in the morning? Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, you don't like getting up early in the morning. And I had to get up to go to work. I had to be at work at 7. So, and I had to commute there. So I had to get up really early, early. And it was tough to do. And I, I wanted to do it. I heard I was supposed to be doing it. I was just having trouble. I just, couldn't get it. I just couldn't get it done. And Mrs. Lord said to me, she says, John, now she, she was this wonderful person. He was a great preacher. Mr. Lord was a great preacher. preacher but she lived everything he preached. Sort of like Diane and I. You know, she sort of lives what I preach. But anyway. Uh, but, there, there's, there, the, the, but, but Mrs. Lord, what she said to me is that, is, is, is she said, John, sometimes the things that are the very hardest for you to do are the most important things for you to do. Because your spiritual enemy is going to try to stop you from doing it. So just determine you're not going to do it. Make it a priority and just do it. And I said, mm, I, got, I got kind of mad. And, okay, I'm going to go ahead. And I, I went after it and began to be consistent doing that. Make it a priority. Uh, commit to an appointment with God. Set an appointment with God. Maybe for you, you have to decide what it's going to be. Maybe it's going to be 6.30 in the morning to, to, 6, to, to 6.45. After you kind of woke up a little bit. And go. Maybe it's after you do your commute to work and be, you just go to work a little bit early and then stay in your car and be alone in your car and take that 15 minutes right there before you go into work. Go a little early to it. You know, figure out what it is. But get an appointment, get a time that you can begin to to do that with. Maybe it's at night before you go to bed, and that's okay too, but just get a consistent time. If you mess up, you miss a day, don't just kind of give up and throw in the towel. You miss a meal, you don't stop eating, do you? You just miss the meal, you know you're going to be a little weaker, you just get back the next day and you start eating the meal again. Don't, don't give up, it's too, too quick, you know, just kind of go after it. God is very forgiving, but, it's a, but it is an appointment. You make an appointment with God. If you stand somebody up on an appointment, you at least, the next time you see him, Oh, gee, I'm sorry. I stood you up yesterday. We had an appointment, and I blew it. Will you forgive me? Good thing about Jesus, he's very forgiving. He forgives you and cleanses you and gets you right back on track. So set an appointment with God. Ask others to encourage you. Let others uh, encourage you and spur you on to, uh, to do this. Let, uh, let us uh, consider how we spur one another on to love and good deeds. We need each other for this. And all the rest, all the rest of our Christian life. We need each other for this. One of the things we have going on in our church right now is uh, going to be going on here in two weeks. We're starting something called the uh, 40 Days of Love. And uh, it's a, this is a book. It's sort of like the 40 Days of Purpose, but it's, it's written by a guy named Tom Holliday. It's also Rick Warren's church. Uh, but it's called The Relationship uh, Principles of Jesus. And it's sort of like a 40-day a study. There's 40 little chapters in it, just a few, a few pages each. And uh, it's kind of a devotional guide, and then we're going to be preaching related to the themes in this. People will be reading this each day, and it gets you into, right into the Scripture. 
uh, from the reading of it. And then we're going to have groups and stuff like that. But it'll be a great time for you to get a habit. You know how long it takes you to get established any kind of new habit? They've done studies on it. About six weeks. About 40, 42 days. Every day. And it starts to become a habit. So this is a kind of a thing, an emphasis for us as a church to kind of help you get in the habit, learn some great stuff, but get in the habit of spending some time alone with God. So I hope all of you be a part of this uh, campaign with us and uh, do it. Uh, if you're not, you're still welcome to come on Sundays. But we hope that you'll get one of these books, and we're going to start it in two weeks from now. And um, if you're going to be a part of one of our small groups that discuss it, we'll give the book to you free. And um, there's a, also a study guide. And there's some announcements about that in there. But this will help you. We will help each other to kind of get started with God. Get started with spending that time with God or to improve your walk with God as you, if you're already doing this. Number uh, four, use your wit, whatever it takes, <laughs> to get yourself to do it. Remind yourself. I know people that they had a hard time remembering to have their quiet time in the morning. They take their Bible and they put it on top of their shoes in the morning. So when they get to get their shoes out, they've got to move the Bible and it reminds them, oh yeah, it's been a few minutes with that. Maybe, you know, do whatever, whatever it takes. Uh, maybe uh, you don't eat until you have your quiet time. No physical food until you have spiritual food. That'll motivate you. Uh, so it might be good for some of us, too. Uh, uh, you know, no TV, no newspaper until I have a quiet time. I mean, you know, that, you know put yourself a little bit of, you know, that, that, that might, might motivate you. Know, whatever it takes. Use your wit. Reward yourself. If I do this every day this week, I'll buy myself a, a root beer float, you know, whatever I'm going to do. Reward yourself and, um, in, in doing it, if I do it the whole time. Um, and just but basically remember that God is real. He wants to speak to you. The Word of God is alive. It can help you in every area of your life. Jesus is alive. Connect with Him. Learn to do it. He's waiting for you to connect with Him. There's a, there's a prayer here. I want to look at it, and if you want to pray this prayer, you can. We'll read through it, and then we'll, we'll, we'll pray it. And if you want to pray it together, you can pray it um, with us. But you might pray something like this, oh, Father, I, I believe you are real and that I can develop a personal relationship with you. Jesus, I invite you to be at the center of my life and to impact every area of my life, not just one slice of it. Help me to do whatever it takes to develop a consistent, meaningful Time alone with you. Now, I don't know if you, you that expresses the heart. If it does, I want you to pray it. I'm going to read through it again. You pray it to God if, it's, if it expresses the your heart, just in your own heart. Father, I believe you are real and that I can develop a personal relationship with you. I invite Jesus. Jesus, I invite you to be at the center of my life and to impact every area of my life, not just one slice of it. Help me to do whatever it takes to develop a consistent, meaningful time alone with you. And God, I also just pray that if there's anyone here that has not met you yet, have not experienced salvation, they have not trusted you to forgive their sins based on your death on the cross and to come into, your li- into their lives as their Savior and Lord, I pray that they would do that as well or they would seek that out. If they're just coming to see, I pray that they would come and drink. They would come and they'd give their lives fully to you. I thank you for what you're going to do now. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, uh, if you would do something else for me, um, is pull out, uh, this is more, this is going to be a teaching point for us. 
pull out your card that you got when you, when you came in. The uh, mine fell out. I'll get another one. I need it. Pull out that, that card because there's some new things on here. And this on here are, are sort of the, the progression of sort of where you may be spiritually. It kind of in a, a logical pro- progression. Look, see what it says next steps on the card. Everybody see the card? See what it says next steps? You evaluate this, kind of let us know kind of where you're at. But, but let's look at it. The first thing, first next step might be to keep coming to church and learning how to know and follow Jesus. That's that come and see. That's the commitment. Just keep coming, seeing, checking it out. Find out. Find out if we're real. Find out if this is, this is the real thing or not. The, the second step would be to start trusting and following Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. That's making the step. That's really giving your life. That's starting. That's receiving Christ in your life as your Savior and Lord. Maybe that's the step you take. Maybe you need to recommit your life to following Jesus as Lord. You've done it in the past. You've invited him in, but you just haven't been following him fully. Maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe you need to be baptized. We're having a baptism this week and also one in a couple of weeks. Uh, if you want to be baptized, maybe that's the next step of obedience for you. Be brave. Go for it. Um, maybe you need to, uh, the next one is join a growth group for the relationship principle to Jesus. That's what we're talking about here. We're going to start to have some, um, these groups are going to be starting up in a couple of weeks. And uh, if you want to do that, mark, mark on there. If you want to join a group, maybe you're not in one right now, but you want to join a group, mark that so we can get in contact with you and kind of help you figure out a time and place where you can be in a group. Um, next one is on the back there. Start the process of becoming a member of Mission Trails Church. We have a membership in the church. We're going to be making that, that membership kind of known uh, here soon, and some other people are, have come to class. We'll have a class and things. Uh, next one is develop the habits to help you grow spiritually, like the habit of quiet time. Maybe you're not doing that. Mark on that a card so we can pray for you. I want to start having a daily time. I want to make a commitment to that. I want to start having a daily time. Maybe that's one or other habit. Um, accept a position of service in the church. Maybe that's the way you're at. You've got all the rest of these and whatever, but you're ready to start helping to, to set up or to greet or to, 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 to host a group or do, do various kinds of things that are going on. The AV thing, we'll talk about that in a minute. That's the audio-visual, what that stands for. Helping out in the back with Marty's going to be uh, 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 transitioning out, going back, going back home from his, his internship here, and we're going to be replacing him with others. Uh, Start serving and sharing outside the church. Mike Carlisle, last week you heard him speak, the faith and action thing. Maybe you really want to get involved in that. That's what you mark there. Talk with the pastor or leader or anything specifically you want to apply. But if you take a moment and just think about those things, kind of where you're at, and uh, let, uh, let us know. Put, put that in the offering basket here in a moment, and um, we will go from there. Just take a moment to do that, and then I'll give a couple of announcements. Look over that and pray about that. Okay, a couple of announcements that uh, would be good uh, to look at. Um, Next week, you notice the message title is called Moving Forward Together. Now, this is sort of the, this is going to be sort of a, you know, you have, presidents have a State of the Union address. Well, this is the State of the Church address, kind of where we are as a church, where we're at, where we need to go, where we're heading, how you can be a part, how you can help to be a part of that. This is what we're doing next week. I'd love to have you be a part of, uh, of that, that time with us and to kind of just see and evaluate what's going on. And um, for us to move forward together, so you need to take a step up 
and take some responsibility and begin to do some things and to help us with this whole process. It's a new church, and we're, we're in the process of getting this, this going, and we need, we need people to pull together as a team to make it happen. You're doing a great job now, but we, could, uh, we can use uh, more organization and more uh, responsibilities that are, that are going on to help this move up. We're also starting this relationship principles of Jesus starting up. You'll see the details on that. Get the book in the back if you want to get it ahead of time and start do a, start a little advanced reading. You'll be happy to have you do that. On the right-hand side, and then also in there, you'll also see a whole page that tells about the audiovisual equipment and some training for that and all the details about that. If you have any interest in doing something like that and helping out in, in the back with the, the, the sound and the PowerPoint and those kind of things, then you can come to this training and uh, we can... Um, uh, you, can, you can just see all what's going on and get comfortable with what, what's happening there. And um, baptisms, got a couple of those going on this week. Supplies, got four summer interns coming in this summer, still looking for some things for them. Um, two baptism kind of things coming up, one in the ocean this Tuesday night. If anybody wants to come out and join the Tuesday night group that's going out there to have the baptism with one of their members, um, come on out there. Uh, anybody can join us for that on Tuesday night. And there's another one going to be on Sunday, uh, June, June 7th. Small groups, uh, we call growth groups, are on the back. And I'd love to have you get a part of one of those as well. Let's, uh, let's, have, a, let's have a prayer, and then we will do our final um, uh, song and pass the, those uh, cards and your offering. Lord, I thank you for your love. I thank you that uh, you care for each one of us. I pray for this offering, and I pray for these cards that you'd help us to, to really uh, do a great job as a church in helping people to, to step up and to make their next steps in their walk with you. We thank you for that. Help us all to grow, link together, to make a real difference in this community. In Jesus' name, amen.